Smoothie Trouble Combat Podcast. We are back. I am Tyler with Jeremy File and a slight breeze. We got a couple things to talk about. Uh, we are going to talk a little bit of basketball, which I know, given the circumstances surrounding football, the uncertainty, the uncertainty surrounding it uh, seems a little bit odd. But, Jeremy, uh, I mean, I know that we've been trying to get this uh, football conversation up and running in regards to uh, not potentially not having fans looking a lot like a major league baseball game um, or a Rutgers football game in general. And right. So I just want you to talk about that um, because I know that this is something that you've been really wanting to talk about over the past couple of weeks, but with recruit after recruit coming in from Michigan State, it's been kind of difficult to squeeze that in. Yeah, bear with me as I I travel through a wonderful Detroit area. The Detroit Tigers, by the way, opening day, we actually have something we can watch, which is exciting. And yeah, hopefully... Speak for yourself, but don't get Fox Sports Detroit in Indiana. <laughs> yeah, you know, some, some college football, hopefully the same thing with, with no fans and if any fans, uh, very limited. I, I can't imagine us having um, fans this year. I think it's just going to be this, the type of world we live in this year. I mean, and I think it's probably still good enough to watch sports with no fans. I mean, I watched a little bit of the baseball um, the other day and the exhibition games, and, and it was still baseball. You know, it, it was no fans. Right. But at the same time, if, if you love sports like we do, you're going to find a way to be intrigued. I think they're going to have to find new, interesting ways to get people excited, though. I think the roar of the crowd and the, the, the little things that we're accustomed to hearing, the band, you know, when Michigan's playing football and third down comes and, you know, the same type of songs are played, what's going what's gonna to take place this year? Are there going to be – is the band going to be there? Probably not, right? So um, they're going to have to find innovative ways, interesting ways to get people excited. Um, it's just it's the bottom line. You know, it has to be that way. Um, or it's just not going to be the same. But uh, yeah, I think I think it'll be exciting. Still, I want sports, man. I want sports. I don't no, want to be a fan. Absolutely, and I'll be and I'll be watching the NBA on Saturday night. Like, you know, it's just one of those things. It's finally starting to come back to normal a little bit. Um, I think, as far as you know, the band goes. And no disrespect, I know the amount of work that the band puts in. I see them at tailgates hours before games, uh, drilling, uh, running through their stuff. And look, they put in work, and so no disrespect to them. But you can play something over the loudspeaker, that's a type of thing. There will still be some production ish type value. Yeah. Um, I remember the Penn State game in 2017. Just a torrential downpour. I was in the game time. The game run time was literally about eight hours because of a three-hour rain delay. And I was soaked. It was miserable. By the time the game finally picked back up, you know, stadium was empty and it was sit where you want. And um, I I went back to my original seats. Uh, I liked the view from the end zone. Uh, kind of get an opportunity to see everything and but i know a couple of my buddies went down and uh that uh right by the defensive lineman like right behind them 
and you could hear every cuss word coming out of Ron Burton's mouth, according to them. And I think that that's one of the things that, as far as television production goes, you may need to look into it. But as far as like keeping fans engaged, which is something you talked about, I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal. A lot of fans would rather, you know, not have to fight through a crowd to go to the bathroom at a trough or uh, not have to wait, you know, 15 minutes to get a drink and things of that nature. And so watching it at home is not that big of a deal. You know, yeah. how, how they're going to divide up the fans. So if they go and that, that's going to be something that needs to be figured out kind of quick because I think that not only do you need to come up with the number that you're going to have, you need to come up with how you're going to get to that number. You're going to have a lottery for all the people who put in. Is it just going to be season ticket holders and students that are put in this lottery, kind of like what Michigan is doing? Um, and so we kind of know we're there, but Michigan State's still up in the air, and even for Michigan, how, like how many fans are going to be going? Like You need to figure that type of stuff out soon because you know at this pace, you're a little over a month away from kickoff. Yeah, it's um, – I'll tell you the scary part, and I really wanted to mention this today on the show, is the loss of income and, and, and revenue and, and, and uh, boosting economies. I know that MLive had a uh, subpar article, but the meaning of the article was good. Um, and, it, you know, really the income loss, you know, local businesses, how well they do with um, parking or, you know, more people – going to restaurants after, you know, tailgating more people, more money. Right. So I think that there still will be a lot of people that can, you know, go to certain places and watch the game on television. So, but, but the, the amount of people going to the games and the amount of people spending money is just amazing. And it just boosts the, the economy. So the article had mentioned that a lot, the, the amount of money that local businesses have in Ann Arbor is this is their best eight Saturdays, best eight days of the year, um, our Saturday college football games for the Michigan Wolverines. I mean, it's just, it's probably the same way in East Lansing. I think that some people had mentioned the same thing on the uh, Spartan side mm-hmm. um, in East Lansing. So I, I, I think my concern is that is what is this going to look like for the future? What is going to happen? You know, this is a very powerful product that is NCAA sports. What's it going to do though, without fans in the stands? Um, I think we're going to really have a few years situation, Tyler, where it's going to be different. I think it's not going to be just this year. I think it's slowly going to transition into what we're used to being normal. And people are going to have to understand that, but they're going to have to find different ways to make up for that. And uh, I don't know if it's safe, man. You know, I, I think tailgates are very important. Um, how do you, control that many people though that's yeah. the problem you know, it's just gonna be so hard and you can't control that many people just at a regular tailgate with a regular situation going on um you know i've i've seen some stuff let's just say that um but i mean jordan reed michigan state's right tackle he uh he had a tweet, and he goes, with everything that's going on right now, this is only about one thing right now, and it's about revenue. Yeah. And he's right and wrong in that. And that that's something that you kind of brought up. But, you know, like you were talking about these schools. He's right and wrong. 
He's right in regards that, yes, it is about money. He's wrong in regards to it being about revenue. You know, revenue I look at as income, it's extra money and things of that nature. You're not trying to get extra money at this point. You're going to put a subpar amount of fans into a stadium, and you're going to try to make back money with the TV contracts and everything else to fund literally everything else. Think, I right. mean, when you think about it, college football is the driving force in college athletics, not just in the football realm. It's everything. I mean, it's absolutely everything, Tyler. I mean, it's it, it, like you said, it boosts everything. It pays for other sports. It's you know you you don't you don't go to a basketball game and you see that many people. It's not even close. I mean, what what are the Breslin? What's the capacity? Fifteen thousand, close to fifteen thousand, right? Chrysler Center, same way. Chrysler Arena. I mean, it it's you know it's well, you got hundreds hundred thousand fans from Michigan. You you have what seventy five eighty from Michigan State. All those people tailgating, all those people buying things, completely just boosts up other sports boosts up other things you know i don't think that it'll be a situation where college football ever dies there's gonna be so many people that pay uh you know whether it's apps to buy you know sling tv right i go through sling tv i get to watch all the games on ESPN or college you know or fox sports um that will always be pretty strong it might anyways you got the sling tv yeah I mean, you know, I'll be watching the game. Well, I want to mention this. I had a conversation with a friend, and she, you know, huge sports fan. Obviously, she's a big follower of Detroit sports, and we had a conversation about all things sports, and she made a great comment. She said, it would be hard to play in front of nobody. I said, well, most of these athletes, it actually probably brings them back to when they were younger. You know, they, they go play pickup football or pickup basketball with no fans. The love of the game will never die. Those, those those players are going to play as hard as they normally do. But I think the intensity of the fans obviously brings the adrenaline out, and you play harder, and you get excited, and you know you, you, you try to get the crowd pumped up on a big third down. Right? It will be interesting, Tyler. And I said this to someone else. I think this is when the true player will come out. When all you have is the technique you've learned from your coaches, all you have is the will to make the play. And you have nothing else that's boosting that up besides your teammates and your coaches. Um, but again, going back to what we've talked about a lot, I think they'll add some things that will make it more exciting with the crowd noise and things like that. But, uh, man, I cannot wait to see what this is going to be like. It's kind of interesting, isn't it, to see what w may happen. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, here's, here's the thing. Is I think at this point we're going to have college football. Um, I know you're – I know you were kind of on the fence or every last time, but like we've said, the college football carries college athletics as a whole. Um, I think the one sport you could probably make an exception for is men's basketball. Yeah. I feel that that's self, self, uh, excuse me, self-sustaining. So I think that that's something that uh, is definitely a consideration. Like uh, Jordan Reed said, um, another Spartan though, made headlines with something he said during the interview. Uh, Cassius Winston came out, and um, I did not hear the entire interview. Um, at the same time, 
I know a lot of things get taken out of context when you're in your bits and pieces. The way things were worded, the way he answered whatever question was being asked, it was worded specifically enough where you can't really take this out of context. He ultimately said Stanford, Harvard, Michigan, and Michigan State workers, like his final four, so to speak. Uh, Stanford and Harvard obviously push academics and uh, – he said he wanted to play in the NBA, and his name isn't Jeremy Lin, or his last name isn't Lopez. So he, so he narrowed it down to Michigan and Michigan State. Went to an open gym. Went to open gyms rather for both schools, and he said Michigan. Everybody was real nice. Just kind of went out there. You just kind of played. You did your thing. It's Michigan. At Michigan State, there's a lot of trash talk. It was a little more physical. It was a little more tough. And I know that this is something that you've kind of really, you've been really vocal about on our show and off our show. And I hear you talk about it all the time. And so I thought this was a good topic that we needed to get into is he pretty much, he and he didn't pretty much say, he said Michigan was soft. Oh yeah, I mean it was it was front and center. He said Michigan was soft. I thought they were too soft as the exact words the way he said it. Um, two things: number one, complete one hundred percent honesty and truth behind the statement. I've been very vocal about. I thought the Michigan's basketball program as a whole has been entirely too soft. Um, I think it's also number two should be a, a rallying cry for the University of Michigan basketball program, primarily Jawan Howard. Um, a former NBA player, a guy who played for the Fab Five, very known, who is not soft, who who have played for a team who was not soft, who's played in the NBA for teams that were not soft, um, unless you want to add LeBron James. Um, anyway, but uh, you know, I think that, Bravo. I, I think I think that this is what competition's all about. Michigan State's the tougher program. Nobody can argue that. Yeah. They rebound the ball yeah, no. more, you know, more physically. They they grind it out and win Big Ten regular season championships. We just seen the number how much better they are than everybody else in that realm. Um, they're a tougher program. Uh, they're built on toughness. They're built on grinding it out. It's what's made them so successful. Michigan definitely needs to match that intensity. I think this statement from a high profile guy like Cassius Winston, in my opinion, should lead Michigan people to say, "Look, we're tired of this." Those guys think they're tougher than us. There's been games where Michigan has been the tougher team. I think we've seen it in the Big Ten tournament a few years ago um, where Michigan matched the intensity. Where I think John Beeline finally, after 10-plus years there, realized we have to be the tougher team than them if we want to beat them. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't think Michigan is necessarily soft. They're just softer. They're softer than Michigan State. And uh, But the statement... Cassius Winston made it's an absolute true statement. Michigan State is tougher. He thought Michigan was softer. They are. I think we've seen it enough to realize it. It's right in front of us. If you're anybody that watches basketball like Tyler and I do, I played the game. Tyler's been a part of it. He understands it. You have to be tough, and you have to be tough to win in that conference. And oh, you, you know, and when you said the NBA comment, boy, that really has to burn Michigan people up. It. it it should be a situation where, just like Mark D'Antonio used certain things to his advantage, this should be the same way in Michigan basketball. Well, wait a minute. Well, let, 
let, let me just say this. I, I think the NBA comment was to say Stanford and Harvard are not a part, part of yeah. this last two. And so I don't, I don't think that part was ne- necessarily a dock on Michigan. Um, I think another thing is, is this is not the first time this has been said over the last couple of weeks. We didn't, we didn't talk about it, but Draymond Green said the exact same thing, the exact same thing. And I mean, that was something we didn't talk about. We kind of brushed it off just because Draymond Green is a habitual trash talker and probably the biggest trash talker, not named Russell Westbrook in the NBA. Yeah. And so I, I think that uh, we just kind of blew it off like, you know, whatever, it's Draymond being Draymond, big mouth, whatever. You hear this from a guy like Cassius Winston, though, that's got to open some eyes. And I think you're right. Michigan absolutely needs to get tougher because one of the things, I mean, one of the things about basketball is if you have a certain level of talent, if, if, if you're so much more talented than another team, the only other way to beat them is to outwork them. Yeah. And you look at what is coming in for Michigan State. Michigan is going to need to outwork them. They're going to need to outwork Pierre Brooks, Max Christie, and Moni Bates. And, I, I mean, there are certain aspects, whether or not, you know, Moni Bates is tough enough to handle it. Um, I know he does a lot of trash talking. Uh, but is he tough enough to handle it? Look, well, I don't know. Will something change playing prep ball next year? I guarantee you something in one way or another will change when he plays for Tom Izzo. But Michigan absolutely needs to get tougher because let's be real right now, based upon what the teams look like right now and what is going to be added over the next year or two, it's going to be a while before Michigan has talent that is, I don't want to say comparable, but on the same level as Michigan State. Well, yeah, and I think that's where the toughness comes in. I think I think you've made a good point there. When you're not as talented, maybe your toughness and you're willing to work and you're willing to grind down wins has to be a part of it. And I think that's what Michigan State has been. I mean, they've been so successful. Like, look at this year for an example, Tyler. They, they had that bad stretch, right? Or we just thought it was impossible for them to win the conference. You know, a lot of people felt that way. They felt they were falling off. You know, hey, they dropped a, a game at Michigan. Um, not a team that you thought would win the conference. I mean, I, I mean, you maybe thought they could, but their toughness and their ability to grind it out and their culture and attitude is the reason they win so many regular season championships and Big Ten tournaments and find, go to Final Fours. Because when you have to... In the Big Ten Conference, you're a game or two behind like they were, right? I think they were two games behind. And that is straight, grinded-out toughness. What they go to Maryland, right, on the road. A lot of people didn't think they were going to win that game. Michigan State completely outworked them. Guys like Malik Hall, who Less, I gave a hard time yeah. to. He, he played great. That's the toughness part. Yeah, well, Malik Hall came in, played fantastic. Probably went to those gyms that Cassius Winston's talking about. They told him, you better quit being soft. So... <laughs> why that attitude works it's exactly why it works yeah michigan state last year uh, four top 25 teams in their last four games sweep them and get a share of the title the year before 
lost in that Indiana Illinois sandwich. Indiana Illinois and Indiana again. Uh, lost three in a row, and people started to doubt them. Look, without Langford, they can't do it. Without Bridges, they can't do it. Without Jackson, they can't do it. Ward's banged up. Cassius's knees are giving way. You know, this team's done. And they still went out and they won a Big Ten championship. And they yeah, won they a Big me. Ten tournament championship. And they beat Zion freaking Williamson, yeah. Yeah. who is about ready to make a name, like, who's making a name in the NBA for himself already. And it's just one of those things, like, if you do not have that look, if you have the talent and the toughness, you know that. I mean, that's obviously the jackpot. That's what you want. That's that's what everybody wants. That's what every coach wants. But if you can't talent wise match up to an R.J. Barrett, Zion Williamson, Trey Jones, Cassius Winston, Kenny Goins, Xavier Tillman, Matt McQuaid better outwork them. Yeah. And that's the type of stuff that happened. And now Michigan is going to have to match that with Rocket Watts, Amoni Bates, Max Christie. And there's another recruiting. Look, it's a different name, so to speak. So I can't really remember what it is, but he's looking to reclassify for 2021. I think he's making his decision on is it it's the 28th I think and it's looking like he's going to go green look Michigan's not going to have the talent to compete with that they're not going to they need to get tougher there's no question I I think it's been I do think Jawan Howard will bring some things that we haven't had I mean we, we talked about last year he brought a little different swagger to the team a little more excitement to the program and now it's right. adding the toughness and, and then still trying to recruit at a high level. They're recruiting actually really well. I mean, as much as I've given Jawan Howard a hard time over Tom Izzo really just dominating recruiting lately, uh, he hasn't done a bad job. I think you, you mentioned that a lot as well. He's done a good job. Yeah, th- this is something there. This is something where Tom Izzo's recruiting at Kentuckian type levels or, you know, Penny Hardaway shuffling money James Wiseman type levels. Like, he, he's he's recruiting at an insane level, too. So to sit there and to say, oh, well, Juan Howard can't recruit. And it's like, look, he probably should have made a bigger play for Bates. But he's still getting very quality guys. It's just Tom Izzo just took it to another freaking level. Yeah, no, I, I think when we talk about the phrase, the soft phrase that Cassius Winston used, um, my college coach at West Michigan made a great point. It's the worst phrase to be used about you, describing you as a player, as being called soft. Call the whole program soft. If that doesn't burn you up as a player that plays for Michigan, then you're even more so soft. I, I mean, this is a guy who made it very clear. He said something. I would compare this not to the disrespect but pretty damn close to when Mike Hart said that's little brother. I, I mean, the difference between Michigan and Michigan State is Michigan State would take that comment and say, oh, it ain't happening on our watch. You're, gonna, you're not going to say that about us and get away with it. We're going to make sure we smack you in the mouth. 
and I think that's what Mark D'Antonio did for Michigan State football. He, he did that. He, he said, we're going to be the tougher team, the, the stronger team. They are not going to be able to match up with us physically, which they could not most of the years of Mark D'Antonio's career. And until the end, they were always the tougher team in football, too. This has to change. If, if you're on the Michigan side, this just can't happen anymore. You have to find a way. And it isn't going to happen overnight. You don't just get tougher than Michigan State in one year. I mean, you have to piece the right players together. Um, I do think that John Beeline, the one thing he did a fantastic job of, is he said, we're not going to get the type of player they get. We're going to have to get our type of player. And I think that will be the troubling thing for Jawan Howard as he goes through this, Tyler, is he's going to realize I'm probably not going to get the kid that Tom will get. And that will be hard for him. Now he's got to coach well. You know, now he's really got to coach well. Um, John Beeline made up for that lack of toughness and physical style with great offensive scheme, with great coaching techniques, and it allowed Michigan to beat Michigan State a lot more times than they've seen in a long time, right? Sure. So I, I think we're going to see that with, you know, there's, there's just some battles you can't win and you can't fight. And fighting Michigan State physically and toughness-wise is probably a tough battle, you know. So I think there's a lot of parts to this. But I do think if you're a Michigan player, if you're not offended and, and, and bothered by that, then you are exactly what Cash has called you a saw. Yeah, and I, I mean, it, you were talking about football. Uh, Brady Hope was out, out recruiting Mark D'Antonio. <laughs> and, oh, no question. And Mark D'Antonio, even though he wasn't getting the type of player, he was getting the tougher players. He was getting the players that would run out there. And, you know, what was Mike Tyson say? Everybody's got to play until they get hit in the mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Brady Brady Hoke didn't have a plan after that. Brady Hoke's players did not have a plan after that. You know, usually you got to have a headset on if you want to be able to communicate anything. So that was part of the problem. But you know, I mean, I mean, you know, it's like I will be doing stand up later this week. (laughs) I mean, it's like, I mean, look, it's just the culture has changed so much. You know, whereas Michigan was the tougher program in both sports for a long time. Yeah. You know, when, when Gary Muller was the coach, Bo Schimbeckler, Lloyd Carr, they were just a tougher football program. There's just no doubt. And when they played basketball and Steve Fisher got the recruits he, he got, they were a tougher team. You know, they were just better players and tougher. Mm-hmm. And then Izzo completely transformed the attitude of that program. Well, and that's not not that he's go by the way. He was a very tough coach. Right. It was just weren't as they, they just weren't tougher than Michigan. I mean Michigan got the type of player that you got well, well let me ask you this. Um, so the first person, the first name of a guy that Tom Izzo recruited as a head coach. The first name that you think of as a head coach, like chronologically speaking, who was the first one for Izzo that everybody always talks about? Well, the one player that played with Antonio Smith. There I mean, it is. I, I think that and, Antonio's, and then Chris Weber was that mean, tough player that Tom wanted so bad, right? So it, that's what Tom's been from day one as an assistant. Right. I got to get the tough, physical player. And Antonio Smith, and though, he, Antonio Smith, though, his numbers, you go back, you look at his numbers, what do you average? Like six points and seven rebounds a game? Like he was not, yeah. he was not a great 
basketball player. He was a good rebounder, good defender. You know, obviously had an opportunity for the Pistons in uh, a few other opportunities in the NBA. Um, I think there was talk of him even, like, trying the NFL for a second after uh, basketball flamed out on him. But he's as tough as they come, and that started this whole thing. And that started this shift, this uh, dynamic shift between where Michigan was getting Chris Webber, Jalen Rose, you know, and uh, Jimmy King and all these really, really tough guys. And, yes, I left Juwan Howard out off that on purpose. But the, he was getting these really, really tough guys. And it was like, you know what, Antonio Smith's going to be the start of something. And he got Antonio Smith and then Mateen Cleaves and stuff and Charlie Bell. Pretty much anybody with a flint tattoo on their uh, shoulder. Yeah. Well, think of what he's had after that too, Tyler. You know, there's the Kalen Lucases of the world, right? You know, that, that should have been a kid that Michigan maybe got. Look at the Darrell Summers. Look at the Draymond Green, right? Draymond had that connection with Michigan State. Probably never would have went to Michigan. He hates them. But but let's just say that Steve Fisher was still around, and, you know, it might have been a different story, right? And then you look at other players like Keith Appling, you know, Detroit. You know, Tom Izzo got the tough Detroit player, and he always loves Rocket Watts. I was waiting I mean, for that one. I mean, the, the list is so long of the type of player he's gotten from our state that probably would have went to Michigan. You know, like, let's just say Glenn Rice, we're in a different world, right? And Glenn Rice is coming out of school now. He ain't going to Michigan. He's going to Michigan State. Right. You know, where back then, he's going to U of M. Michigan had a stranglehold on getting those type of players. And it's been gone for a long time. So now you have to find a way to slide in. And, and the Amani Bates thing is just, that was, that's the one right there. That's the one guy where he's in your backyard even. And for him to just say, no, if I'm going to commit anywhere in college, it's Michigan State. Yeah, I mean, that says it all. And if you're Michigan, man, you you know, you, they've been successful. They, they've done some great things. <laughs> this isn't to knock their basketball program. But as far as uh, the ability to match up with Michigan State, they just have not been able to answer the bell. I mean, there, there's too many – uh, factual uh, stats that lead towards Michigan State being a much tougher and better basketball program. So as a Michigan person, especially someone involved with the program, if you're Jawan Howard or whoever's you know, on the staff, you got to change that culture, and you need to change it now. Yeah, I, I, think, you're, I, I think you're exactly right. And look, it's one thing if one player says it, uh, like we said at the start of this, it's one thing if Draymond Green says it, but it's another thing when you have a guy as quiet as Cassius Winston saying the exact same thing as someone as vocal as Draymond Green. I, I think it's oh, I think yeah. it just speaks volumes, and I think you're exactly right. And I didn't I didn't even put this together. You know, Mark D'Antonio kind of went through the same thing a little bit and went out and just was like, screw this, I'm just getting tough players to, to physically yeah. beat on you until you tap out. And that's what he did. Yeah. And Rich Rod tapped out and Brady Hoke tapped out. And, you know, Harbaugh for the first couple of years tapped out. You know, then, ob- then, you know, Tyler, but then, then obviously it became a situation where, you know, Harbaugh got physical players. And on top of that, he was still getting those high-level recruits that Brady Hoke was getting. 
And then the tables turned because Michigan State just could not keep pace recruiting. Well, yeah, right now, and when we talk about the other sport in football, it, it has shifted, finally. Sure. You know, it took a while, but it did shift. You know, Jim Harbaugh was able to get the higher-profile kid who te- typically is a tougher player, too. Um, and, and they were able to get the Detroit kids. You know, they were able to get the best players in the state for the most part. Um, they were, you know, you get a Jordan Lewis, who was a Brady Hope recruit, though, so Brady Hope has a huge part of this. Um, you know, you, you get a kid like Jabril Peppers, who was pretty tough. You get a kid like, uh, you know, a, a Chris Warmly from Toledo, right? You know, who was a very good defensive lineman, a Maurice Hurst from the city of Detroit. Uh, the list is pretty long. We're Brady Hope finishing it. And, and uh, Juwan, or, excuse me, Jim Harbaugh saying, I'll take this to the next level and let's just surpass Michigan State. Michigan State, I've said it, they're just the number one you know, rivalry and problem for Michigan. You know, you don't think about Ohio State, your football, it's just not even fun to talk about anymore. Michigan State has got to be the program you compete against. You've got to get the best kids possible in Michigan. And I, I think Jim Harbaugh, I know this is a different topic, but I want to say this, Tyler. I do think he's done a fantastic job recruiting. Now you just got to find a way to win the big damn game. I mean, we, how many times we got to say it, but it's the truth. I mean, he's able, he was able to finally surpass what Michigan state put out there on the field. Now he has to continue to fight against a new coach who's going to have a new energy and a new attitude and a relentless attitude, like Mel Tucker says, and now it's a whole nother battle, right? But uh, Michigan state, if your Michigan has to be your focal point, I do think that Jim Harbaugh has made that rivalry very important. Though I think you've noticed that Tyler that he hasn't been very kind, right? He said a lot of things that you know he wants to win that game pretty damn bad. Yeah, and he doesn't mind throwing Mark D'Antonio under the bus. He doesn't mind saying anything about that program. So his ability to get tougher kids is there. Um, I wouldn't say they're maybe like stronger. I just think that they have better players right now. Um, and Michigan State just needs to kind of ramp up and get a few better names and, and get people excited again about Michigan State football. But, uh, but you know, basketball, it's just so uneven right yeah, now. Yeah, and, and how Harbaugh did that was he kept recruiting at the same level that Brady Hoke did. But he got, like I said, those kids who had that tough – you know, that toughness to them that Brady Hoax guys, even though they ran power eye, they tried to run power eye stuff, like Brady Hoax guys did not, you know, they weren't tough, even though their uh, scheme was like their, that was their identity, was they were supposed to be tough. That's what their scheme was built around, and they weren't. And, uh, well, Fundamentally, so they were not fundamentally sound. Either. I mean, that's the next part of it. You know, right, I, I but wanted that, to make but sure. That's I what, that. But that's what Juwan Howard, need, Howard needs to do is he needs to keep recruiting at the level that he is recruiting at because, look, it is a good level. It's just not at Michigan State's level because Tom has reached, you know, reached this freaking plateau that for whatever reason he's not been able to get over until the last couple of years. Uh, I think the Miles Bridges signing was the big one. You know, Shannon Brown was supposed to lead the way into this, and then uh, it took until Miles Bridges to start getting these types of players. And then it went to Jaron Jackson. Then obviously, you know, we've seen how the dominoes have fallen over the last few months for Michigan State and how they're looking like they're going to fall with Jaden Akins coming into potentially. You know, 
So Juwan Howard's still recruiting good. He just needs to get those guys who have a uh, – it's a Xavier Simpson, like, level as far as quality of play. But you need a uh, Austin Davis-type attitude if we're going to liken it to Michigan. Pretty much you just got to look at what Xavier Tillman's done in Michigan State. <laughs> but – Sure. We're, but we're talking about Michigan, so it would be Xavier Simpson, like mixed with, you know, that Austin Davis, like physical attitude, that grinded out type player. You know, you can get guys like Travis Walton and things of that nature to yeah. try to combat, you know, a guy like Jay Nakins, who's this highly touted point guard. You know, as long as you got that attitude where you can bully him at least a little bit. You know, I, I think Michigan would be in much, much better shape. But, yeah, I, th- I think we've kind of covered all of our bases. Sports are back finally. Thank God. Uh, obviously, uh, college football is going to need to be the uh, next thing that falls for us in order to keep doing this more or less. But, look, we'll, we'll talk about all yeah, of that as we get a little bit closer. I know it's I know it's off topic and not about our show, but hey, the Tigers play opening day. Maybe with only sixty games, maybe they can shock the world. <laughs> hey, you got sixty games, boys. Play your best. Get on a roll. And uh, boy, how exciting would that be? To, I don't know if the Tigers were something to watch, but I have a, a lot of doubt. Yeah, look, let, doubt let's face that. it: the Tigers were probably going to win sixty games this season out of one hundred and sixty. <laughs> but <laughs> so, look, if they still win sixty, uh, that would be something else, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're going to win 60 games this year anyways. Just go do it all consecutively. It sure is nice to see something go on, though, that's local. I mean, you know, I, I, I think it's – I mean, look, we're, we're getting to August, right? I mean, college football is just right around the corner. So, you know, the Tigers playing tonight, it's just nice. It's nice to see. And, boy, we needed it, man. It's, you know, I see it on the TV today and it, opening day. It's just weird. It's such a weird time. But, man, it's, it's just nice to see some yeah, and Giannis is going to be making his debut in a few nights as well, and that's something I can't wait. You know, we've been talking about these tougher players. Giannis Antetokounmpo, oh, my God, I love watching him play, and I can't yeah. wait to see him, you know, back on the hardwood. But, yeah, bottom line, toughen up, you know. Sharman's sure, sure. off is nice, but that's only when, <laughs> you know, you're taking care of other business. When you're dealing with the business on the hardwood – you got to be tough as nails, and look, like we both said, Juwan Howard, you know, he, he's getting it done recruiting, but he's got to get it done recruiting and match uh, the level of toughness that Tom Izzo's going to bring because, like I said, I don't know if these highly touted kids, a lot a lot of highly touted kids who come into college basketball thinking they're going to be number one, you know, they yeah. – they, they sometimes don't bring that toughness, you know. They sometimes get shocked by the competition and everything else. And so this has got opportunity. Now, Amoni Bates may surprise me because this is – he may surprise me with how tough he is. And if he does that, then obviously John Howard's not going to have an opportunity. But if he – but if he doesn't, and like I said, this is the case with a lot of these highly touted kids. John Howard's got the golden opportunity to, you know, shock them. And if you beat a team that has Christie and Bates and Watts, 
I don't even know what the front court would end up looking like at the moment. Maddie Sissoko, who, look, that kid's already tough as nails. We know that without watching the game. But well, let me, can Juwan I say Howard may have – if, if Juwan Howard beats a team that's loaded like that, you know, he can make a lot of noise in basketball. Well, I think that's what John Beeline did. And I think that's where I, I continue to say these statements that um, I apologize, Mr. Beeline, because – you know, he he was able to beat teams with Miles Bridges and, and Jaron Jackson, right? You know, he was able to develop a Mo Wagner who came out of nowhere. He was able to get kids like Muhammad Abdul Rahman, you know, who played really, really well for him, you know, for four years. You know, he was able to transform a player like Nick South kids. Um, you know, Trey Bird comes in who wasn't the main guy. Ohio State didn't even want him. They wanted Aaron Kraft. I mean, I, I think where you are at Michigan, you have to be honest. You have to be honest that you're probably not going to get the kid that Michigan State gets. You got to develop then, right? I mean, that's just yep. bottom line where John Beeline where That is tough, too. That's a sense of toughness, too, when you're going to say, we're going to be tough because we're going to be skilled. We're going to be, we're going to work on these skills every day. And that's a mental toughness. Where physically they weren't tough, but mentally they were very tough. So there's two sides to it. But, you know, Michigan State's on fire right now. Let's just be honest and uh, we'll find out a whole lot this year, right? Because Michigan's got a lot of question marks in basketball, in my opinion. Yeah, and uh, Michigan State's got a couple question marks, but at least they'll be answered one way or another before the season starts. That does it for us today. Uh, for Jeremy File, I am Tyler Hayward. This was the Trouble with the Sam podcast.